continuing the series on uh, Belong, this vision series for uh, 2018. Uh, and so it's a five-part uh, series, and we're on the fourth part today, and so we want to go over those first three parts. Just a little review here is that the baseline of belong, period, is Christ, all right? Uh, and that's, so that's our foundational beginning. That's where we have to start. Um, and this is seen through the connection to Christ, submission to Christ's authority over our lives, uh, and the fruitfulness that is the result of that connection and that submission uh, to Jesus. And then part two, the second part we discovered um, of belong was that it is necessary to be connected to the body of Christ. Uh, it's essential that we function together. Uh, and you can read about that. I mean, throughout the New Testament, you can look at, at Paul's writings. You can look at, well, all the epistles um, you know, 1 Corinthians has a great uh, reading on it, uh, that we function together. We ask the question, each of us that's part of the body, ask the question, what am I good at? All right? And for some of you, that, that might be harder to discover because you're pretty, you're pretty hard on yourself, maybe. All right? But God has gifted you, and God has a purpose uh, for you. And if you're a part of this church, God has a purpose for you here. No doubt. And that goes for every person here. And then finally, a part of that was uh, belonging to the body of Christ was then we must do something. Again, uh, migrating from that default that says, I'm going to wait until God writes it on the wall for me what to do when we have the writing here in a Bible that's telling us what to do. And so we are changing that default or in the process of changing that default to I'm going to do something until I get the stop sign that says stop doing that. Okay? And so that's where we need to be. We need to activate that. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to activate that in us. That yeah, we're going to we are going to do something for Jesus. What do I do? Well, I, my advice to you, if you want to start somewhere great, is just, you know, go to the Bible. Go to James, okay? I dare you to, okay? Uh, no, I encourage you highly to. You'll be doing silly stuff that you never thought you would do before. You'll have this, you know, and I'm not patting Jen and I on the back. It's hard as heck, believe me. You'll have this house of kids. And my in-laws asked me yesterday, we met... Jen and two of our children went to St. Augustine on a field trip. Jen then stayed uh, the night at um, her parents' house in uh, DeLand. Yeah, they just moved. DeLand. And so we met last night in Orlando, and I meant to pick them up. And, and uh, Mom and Dad G asked me this question. What? Did you get some quiet time? I'm like, dude, if you take away two of my children, I still have four, bro. Like, what do you mean? Did I get quiet? <laughs> no, I did not. Like, so, yeah, I mean, when you have a larger family, you guys know. Oh, you, man, one of the kids went away. You're like, what did that make a difference? All right? <laughs> two, two decibels, like, okay? Um, and so we want to do something. Uh, and, then, and then last week we learned that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. 
that faith equals risk, that in this there, we know the end story, but sometimes that we're going we're gonna to fall on our face. And we're in a group of people that have fallen on their face. But we still, like, when that happens, we still, like, have this shame, like, I'm the only one. No one can relate. We all can. Okay? If you're in this room and you're saying, well, I've never, I've never stumbled, I've never struggled, there's, you're not okay. Okay? Because um, I just have this feeling you wouldn't be here. You would be gone. Okay? And so, man, I'm excited uh, to talk today about belonging to our city. Um, let's pray. Father, you're so good. You are so good. You invite us into your presence. And for that, we say we thank you. And you invite us to be changed into your likeness. And for that, we sit and we contemplate and we often don't understand that at all. But you initiated it, so we say yes. And so, Father, as we come to you today, could we know you more? Could we love you deeper? Could we experience your presence? In Jesus' name, amen. And so, I'm sure you've all seen this before, a teenager that has a piece of junk car, okay? I mean, like a beater, all right? But they love it. They love it. In, in some sense, this car brings this freedom, you know? And I remember my first car, a 1989, I believe, Chevy Spectrum, light blue with some sweet fuchsia thing on the side. My brother drove it up from Florida to Virginia where we were living and gave it to me. Okay, for a dollar. And um, I thought that was a deal. And I mean, I just, I whipped that thing, man. I mean, it was just, that was my car. Uh, I loved it. And, and, I, and you see these, and you guys have all probably seen this before. You all probably did this, I would imagine. Um, and some of us, I know, have had more beat down than other cars. cars. Like, I know my wife had the blue bomb that I think was three different colors, all right? So she tells me, and I believe it, okay? I know her dad. And, um, and so, and we've all had these cars. Jake had the Caprice Classic, I think, all right? That thing, what was it? LTD, okay? Whatever, dude, okay? At one point, the LPD had those, all right? They were, you guys remember them, okay? We bought these cars for our kids, right? And I, I wish they still had these huge, massive things. Because I saw, when I was driving this morning to church, and I saw a Cadillac DeVille, 1980s, 
And I'm like, dude, this dude is flexing like 60. He's pulling away from me out here on Pipkin. And I'm like, what? And he is just, he ain't feeling a bump, man. He doesn't even know he's going that fast. And so it was, it's kind of like putting wheels on the Titanic, you know? And so, man, I remember we had my cousin, I said we because my cousin and Jason and I did everything together, and he had this car um, that was called a, a um, it wasn't a Sabre, that was, that was after, a, a Buick, no, a Dodge St. Regis. Literally have seen one of them since he had this car, okay? 30, you know, the typical 35 feet long, all right? Um, this sucker, when you went over railroad tracks, no worries. You didn't even know you hit them because the car just kept bouncing. You know, like, what was that? I don't know. It's like we have hydraulics, okay? The first night we take it out, we're down at Bartow, and we're at this fireworks thing. I don't even know what it was. And he pulls out, this guy has his tailgate down, just rakes it. I'm like, bro, you hit it. I'm like, back up. Okay, the guy was cool. We go home, and you know, I mean, the pride that you take, you don't, you don't match up the white spray paint. You just, tss, tss, and it's done, and it looks fabulous, all right? And then you do things like stupid things. Like, you don't think about this as a kid, though. You're like, dude, I'm going to put a chrome tip on the exhaust. So you got to discount auto parts, and, and you buy the thing that sleeves over, and you screw it on, and and you think, like, look at that. That's magical. You wax this car that could not be, the paint is gone. You're literally just waxing for no reason, but you feel like you're taking care of it. You make, we made special speaker boxes that, that you could put on the, the uh, top of the car. I mean, they, and we thought they were fantastic. They probably sounded horrible horrifying, all right? But to us, we were like, wow. I remember going to school and, and uh, the uh, defrost, it didn't defrost well. We're in blankets rolling. He turns the heat on and I'm like, what the heck is that? We called it the rat funk. Um, we cleaned that out after that day. But but, you know, we would roll. It's like, you know, when it's winter here so the, for the three days, uh, it's like 20, it was like 27. And, like, we had the windows down so it wouldn't fog up. But we flexed that car, man. I mean, to tell you, that thing was awesome. We washed it. We took care of it. But, but we think, like, man, this thing's like a Rolls Royce or something. And then, like, anybody else that would look at the car would say, wow, what a piece of crap. All right? But you say, dude. This is it, man. And so why is this? Why is this? I, I believe it's this. Why is it so special to the kid? It's because it's theirs. It's because they take ownership of it. And we see this with little kids, right? Plant a, plant a garden with a little kid and let them pick out the food, let them plant it, let them take care of it, let them water it, let them harvest it, and the likelihood that they are going to eat that goes up exponentially. And the fact that we, we went out and picked, I told you guys, we went out and picked veggies from this you-pick place, and the kids ate every single thing that they picked. It was cool. 
And so, I mean, we, we have a little advantage. Our kids are like veggie eaters, so that's, they, they like that kind of stuff. But it was some of it was kind of crazy. I mean, when your kid comes up and says, I want cabbage, I'm like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> I want ca- things I would have never said, all right, uh, when I was their age. So, but the, they eat it. Why? Again, it's ownership. They're, they own the food that they're going to eat. They've taken care of it. They've watched it. They've seen the improvements of it, and, uh, and then they eat it. And I believe it's the same way in our Christian walk. Christians belong to their city. But it's, import- it's important to us that we first identify, what does it mean to belong to our city? And in Matthew 5, uh, 13, it, it says this, It says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underneath foot or underfoot as worthless. See, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on the stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. This existing not for self, but existing for the kingdom of God to be advanced. This is where our mindset has to be. And so as we go and we look at this passage, we think about this. If God has planted us here, and it doesn't matter if you've been a a long-time Lakelander, or plant city er, I don't know if that's how you say it. Plant city resident would probably be better, okay? Or you live in North Lakeland or South Lakeland or East Lakeland or West Lakeland or wherever you live. It doesn't matter if you're here long term or if you're here short term. We are to make the most of our stay, wherever we are. And so I believe that this mindset of being present, this mindset of being here, it changes everything. So you're present where you're at. you're You're not waiting or you're not just occupying space in a city anymore. You're not waiting for the next thing. All right, instead, this we begin to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is awakening something in our souls to the realization that our very existence is a chance for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be advanced. I want you to, I'm going to read that again. Because when I wrote that, I got a little excited. And when I read it, I got a little more excited. And when I read it again, I'm going to get real excited. No longer do we occupy space in a city, nor are we waiting for the next thing. Instead, we begin to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit that is awakening our souls to the realization that our very existence is a chance for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be advanced. No longer do we occupy space in a city nor are we waiting for the next thing. Instead, we begin to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit that is awakening our souls to the realization that our very existence is a chance for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be advanced. 
for such a time as this. Zero people in here are an accident. Zero people in here are in the city where God has you by accident. So we have to ask the question then, God, what am I, what am I to do? God, I want, I want to do something. So in this sense of what we just read, we belong to our city. We're actually here to serve our city. And our focus begins to shift from what, what can this city do for me to what can I do to serve this city in the name of Christ? Sounds a little like JFK, I get it, okay? But it is a real question that we have to ask. So we could say, God, I have a job in this city. What are you calling me to do at that job? God, I, I, have a, uh, I have neighbors around me. What are you calling me to do with those neighbors? And let me guarantee you something. The answer is not nothing. The answer is not put your garage door up, go inside and put your garage door down. It absolutely is not that. So if we look at the Bible, which is a, good, a great place to look, right, if we have these questions, fantastic place to start, okay? Somebody says, what book are you reading? What book do you want to read? What book should I read? The Bible. No, I mean like, what book? The Bible. But I, want, I wanted some wisdom. Okay, the Bible. Well, you said Francis Chan. Yeah, the Bible. And then Chan. And then whoever else. Well, what do you read in the Bible? Well, I'm reading, if you want to know. I am reading right now, chronologically, the Bible. I am reading the Bible in a year. And I am also reading the meta narrative of the Bible on the Bible plan. Okay? In the Bible in a year, I'm trying to kill it in half a year. I encourage you, and I'm not saying that, hey, look at me, okay? I just want you guys to know. And guess what? Here's the deal. I've missed two days now, okay? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm okay. Don't worry, because I was ahead anyways. Um, Did you hear me? I was ahead. Okay. So, so (laughs) I encourage you. Well, I don't know where to start. Okay, uh, Genesis is a good place because it's the first book. Get it? You know, and then you're like, well, I want to know about Jesus. That's awesome. So start in Genesis and Matthew and read one chapter a day of each of those. But here's what I'm going to say to you. If your idea is that I'm not going to read the Bible and I'm, I'm going to do what Christ wants me to do, that is a false idea. I, I just encourage you. And this isn't the thing of guilt or condemnation. It's a thing where you have to be in the Word. Like, God, I want to serve you. I want to know what you are doing. I want to be, I want to be with you in what you're doing. Then I, I highly recommend that you uh, read the Bible. It, it is not an option. 
And so if we look in the Bible and we look at Paul's letter, and if we look really at every epistle that is written, it is written to and for the local church. It instructs them. It greets them. It corrects them. It encourages them, and it disciplines them. So when we look at these letters, I mean, I was, I was looking through the intro of every letter in the New Testament. I thought, wow, this is pretty awesome. And, and he wasn't writing to megachurches, okay? He was writing to churches like this to encourage them to say, hey, keep pressing on in what you're doing. Hey, you're, you might not want to do this anymore. Hey, Stop arguing over like, oh, well, I follow Apollos, and I follow Paul, and I follow... Stop! You follow Christ. And he encourages them in the power of Jesus Christ to, to move forward. And so, man, I look at this, and uh, I read what, I re- what we read in there, and we see, wow, I mean, it takes a lot of work. It takes long-term commitment. It takes these people working together for the greater good. It, it takes the realization that, that Steve Parker is something small that is part of something big. It takes Karen Webb to realize that she's a small part of something big. It takes Lakeland Vineyard to realize that we're a small part of something big. And so that realization, I believe that it has to come in each one of us first. Like I believe, like all these steps that we're going to and belong, I believe that they have to happen right here first in our hearts. And then as a community, we begin to move and groove. We begin to see these things happen. Well, Andy, what is your 25-point plan for taking that neighborhood? Can I just be transparent? Don't know. Asking God currently. I know part one is FCA at Medell Elementary School. I know that's part one. I am seeking out part two right now. And here's what I would encourage you. Seek it out with me. I want to encourage you in this, that this is not a top-down led church. This is a church where people get to exercise their gifts. I cannot think of every single thing. I was on the phone. We were going over, we have an advisory board, and we were going over the advisory board uh, notes together, and Candy Bridges said this thing, and it was real simple. She said, well, if we did an event like that, then maybe it's someone that is... um, maybe on the fence about participating, begins to participate. And I said, oh my, that's genius. I wouldn't have thought of that. It's such a simple thought, right? I mean, have you ever read a book about finances and then it says something like, stop spending money on going out to eat? And you're like, that's so good. You like maybe look in the mirror like, didn't I think of that on my own? Like, it's like this light shines down. You're like, whoa, I need to stop doing that. That is killing my budget. But that simple truth comes forth, and you're like, dude, that's so rich. 
And so she says this, I'm like, oh, okay, totally, I get it. And so if we're in an environment, one of the core values of Vineyard is that, or one of the distinctives is that everyone gets to play. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. It does not matter. There's no junior Holy Spirit. So one day if we get some rocking 12-year-old up here leading worship, then we're not going to be like, well, okay, 16, all right, or maybe 18. Calm down. Because I remember when Ryan Webb was 12, 12, he began playing drums here. 12. He's not 12 anymore. And he still plays drums here. So that's pretty awesome. And so somebody comes up with an idea who's 80. <laughs> okay, you're not, you're not relevant anymore. Okay. What? Who says that? We're talking about people, again, I'm going to stress this, is we're talking about bringing up a younger generation. We're talking about the sages being those people that are mentoring the younger people. It has to happen. And it has to happen over and over again. And here's what I want to introduce to you, this concept of EDLD, which I went over a long time ago. But this is a vineyard concept that I want to introduce to you this morning. And it's going to be abbreviated, but it's EDLD, Evangelism, Discipleship, Leadership, and Diversity. And this is our core process here, okay? If you're a visitor and you think, well, this church doesn't have a lot of programs, this church is not going to have a lot of programs. So... Love you guys. There's other places, though, and I encourage you, if you're a, if you're a program-seeking person, that's, I, I seriously, and I say that with, with all goodness in my heart, that we are going to keep things simple here. We're going to keep our church calendar kind of open so that we can participate in the community and what's going on. So evangelism, well, we have to tell people about Jesus. What does this look like? It looks a lot of different ways. It looks like you praying for somebody. It looks like you inviting somebody to church. It looks like you, I'm going to tell you last night, and again, I'm not, this isn't me uh, bragging. I, I was very, we went to a restaurant last night that was recommended to us by John Rout called something. Ha, oh, how, Hash House Agogo. I knew it was my kind of place. We walked in, there was a tractor in the foyer. I was like, I'm done. All right, um, we're eating. Clearly, this is our spot. Um, we sit down, and uh, uh, this, this couple that is behind one of our daughters, and, you know, I mean, we, we have our, a couple of our kids are, are well, legitimately African-American, like straight from Africa, Okay. And so one of them is a female. Let me tell you something. Um, white people and uh, black people don't have the same hair. I don't know if you guys ever noticed that. Like my whole life, legitimately, I wanted an afro. Like I was so jealous because I just wanted to be like, what it do? And then it's like, you know, it, like seriously, I'm not even kidding about that. And so, and now I'm bald. Um, so... Uh, our daughter, I mean, let me tell you something. 
It's like getting advice on what's wrong with you health-wise, getting advice on um, little black girl hair. Oh, you're using this? No, don't use that. Well, she just told me to use that. Well, no, you, no, okay, just use this here. You, you know, we have a product drawer, okay? We don't know what we're doing, okay? I clearly don't know what I'm doing with hair. I'm like, can, would she look cool with a shaved head? Because No, okay. Um, and so I was, uh, last night we're eating, and I saw this lady um, giving the look. Like, and then had her uh, boyfriend or husband also look at our daughter. And I was so ticked that there was something in me. I'm like, you know, because it's your kid. And you're like, I, okay, so if I got up on the chair, jumped from the table, <laughs> came in, um, but instead I felt God say, pay for their meal. so did that and they came over and he's like man I don't know why you did that I was like I just wanted to bless you in the name of Jesus and uh, that was hard because I didn't want to pay for their meal I didn't want to Um, but I think God's stirring something So what does evangelism look like? It looks different to everybody. I don't think there's a, a set of evangelistic tools that's, that's, that's proper for everyone. I think that people relate to people differently. So I could give you a toolbox that has the tools that, that I use and, and it doesn't work for you. Because you might be an introvert and I'm not. That doesn't mean that your impact is going to be less. It means that your impact is going to be unique to what God has gifted you with. And so when we look at someone maybe who is bringing people into the kingdom and we're friends with them and we get to encourage them in what they're doing, potentially that's our role in evangelism. And we get to have deeper conversations with people that are closer to us uh, that are introverts and are maybe three people that you really and really trust in your life. And maybe you can reach out to someone who's an introvert and relate well with that person. Because I'm overbearing to people sometimes. I know that. My wife's told me. <laughs> My children have told me. My parents have told me, what if I just kept laughing? Okay. Um, and so I started listing people. Um, Scott told me. Barb told me. Um, 
I have a whole email list. I have a whole folder that says overbearing. Um, no. And, and so discipleship, what does discipleship then look like? Well, discipleship looks like this. Talking about Jesus to people. Well, Andy, what about the program? That's cool. We have an answer for that. But what about the program? Okay. I encourage you with this. Evangelism, go out and talk to people. And then go out and meet with people. And maybe meet with someone, maybe, you know, once every other week. And maybe say, you know, I'd really just, I'd love to go through James with you, the book of James. Well, I don't believe in Jesus. That's cool. All right. We, I, I don't know if the disciples did it first. And so you meet with them, and, and you just keep meeting with them. And, and you eventually see them come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Or you see them walk away. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. But those that are going to come to Christ and they're going to get involved in the church and then we want to, we want to see them become leaders. Well, you should, you know, you need to, you need to be X, Y, Z qualified for leadership. Or do you need to be willing to lead? And so leadership is, is super important. It, it's, what, it's, one of, it's what is going to uh, recycle our church regenerate our church. It's super important that we have leadership. Where does that come from? It comes from evangelism, it comes from discipleship, and then it transforms into leadership. Now, unlike the, the three there, diversity is not a step in this. Diversity is a thing that we want to see, though. And, and we're not just talking about, the, the, the go-to always is racial and ethnic diversity. And of course, we want to see that. But we also want to see age diversity. All right? We want to see gifting diversity. And so there's a ton of diversity that can happen. It's very easy, obviously, just to go, you know, oh, black and white and, and Latino. Where are we? Which is good. And I think that, that we need to be a reflection of our community. I really do believe that. But I also believe that, that we need to be a reflection of our community in uh, in age. I mean, I cannot imagine, le- le- just hear me out here, I cannot imagine leading a church of all 20-something. I just can't. I love them to death with the emphasis on death. Okay? No, I'm just kidding. So, no, but I do. But, you know, we need older people that are going to mentor these people. We need older people. I, like our small group leaders right now, every one of them is 50 plus. The ones that are, the ones that have signed up thus far to lead are 50 plus. Because there's a vision forward that they know that they've got to be involved and they want to plug into people's lives. And so I'm waiting for the 20-somethings to email me back about you leading a small group. <laughs> yeah, what the heck is email? Um, they still email a little bit, okay? All right. 
So, small groups. We're going to launch them. Um, we're going to launch the sign up on the 18th of February. And I just want to vision out small groups for you. Because here's what I feel that, that we have connect groups, which are our dinner clubs, uh, which are the Band of Brothers Men's Group, Sisters and Friends uh, Ladies Group. And then we have small groups. And, and small groups are going to take a, a slightly different turn this time. Before we were doing a shotgun approach with birdshot, all right, and w- which was good. And I think some people got involved, and I think there was some richness in what was offered. I really do believe that. I don't think it was for not. Uh, but what we want to do is we want to do more of a sniper approach. Okay? And what does that mean? Well, it's very precision, and it's very exact what we're doing. All right? And it looks like this. That I believe, I believe wholeheartedly that small groups in our church are going to be the epicenter for change in our community. I believe that wholeheartedly. So they're going to look a little bit different. And we, I'm looking for 10 to 12 groups. Well, Andy, we only have 131 people on the email list. Great. I want these groups to look like three or four of Lakeland Vineyardites, and then I want other people from other places, not other churches, like your walk of life that you say, hey, we're going to go through this small group together. It lasts like eight to ten weeks. Do you Come be a part of it. And Vineyard puts out some very awesome discipleship material. And so every small group is going to be going through that same material because we are going to walk together through this. And I think it's very important that we do this. And, and I want you to hear it from my heart is I, I think it's important that you are part of a small group. I know it is a sacrifice. I know it hurts sometimes to be a part of one. Because then I have to do Tuesday or whenever it is. What's that? I have to clean the house. I'm like, the house is fine. Um, what about this? You know, oh, oh, never mind. Um, okay. Um, so it's sacrifice. It's work. It means that hold on, I'm going to have to do what? I'm going to have to answer some questions and be real with someone and maybe even like cry? But I encourage you with this is, is to invite people from, from your, your uh, center of influence that don't know Christ and invite them to your small group. And walk through this discipleship. That's specifically about what these small groups are about, is discipleship. And so that's what we are going to do. And so on the 18th, I want you, the 18th, it's twofold. We're starting our uh, missions emphasis months or weeks, right? And so there's two things. I want you to be ready to sign up for a small group. I want you to be ready to hear about missions, and I think we can do two things at once. We're going to have some, we got, we're going to have some great people in, all right? We're going to have uh, Tom from Galcom Radio. He's going to come talk. 
all right? Terry Green from FCA is coming. Uh, another couple that this is being recorded, so I can't say they're coming, though. They haven't been for a while. It's really cool what they do uh, in another country. Sorry for the ambi- <laughs> ambiguity, but I just have to. And so they're going to be here. We're going to have all the way from South Lakeland, Dave Baker, okay, who's going to talk to us. He's going he's to be the guy that, that takes that cue stick and the cue ball and just breaks this thing open about missions, and he's going to give us the why for the what of missions, and we're going to get to look at that. And so I'm excited as we move forward. And there's questions, though, that I believe that our body, that LV, that Lakeland Vineyard has to continually ask. And I don't think it's just us asking it as a corporate body. It's, again, it goes back to the individual. And these are the questions. What if, excuse me, what are we, Lakeland Vineyard, adding to the community? What are we adding to the community? If the kingdom of God is at work, and he works through the church, what change do we see happening? If Lakeland Vineyard ceased to exist tomorrow, what impact would it have on the community around us? Now, I want to give you this relief. Here's what's cool. Chuck and Lee want to have some people over to have dinner. They don't need to talk to me and say, can we get this on the website? Can this be a church-sanctioned event? Okay, what? No, okay? Just do it, all right? Well, our small group ended. Can we still meet? Are you? No, okay? Too far, all right? Too, you're, getting, you're taking this community thing way too serious. Stop it, okay? There's restraint. No. Do, the, do it. Have people over. I think it's super important. I think it's super important to just hang out and get to know one another. And so what does it look like for the local church to have an impact on the community? To the wonderful, awesome parishioners and staff at Lakeland Vineyard Church, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for all the food that you donated to make sure that our families all enjoyed a good meal on Thanksgiving. The food was much needed, and I have included some of the thank you notes that were written to you. It was so nice not to have to worry about doing the food collection here at the school with all else that is happening in November. It surely took a load off of our minds and made life easier for us all. Your generosity and thoughtfulness continue to humble us. Thank you again from all of us. Myra Richardson, Principal, Medella Elementary. That's what it looks like to make a difference in the community. 
And here's what I believe that God has in store is an exponential amount of that going on. I believe it with all my heart that Lakeland Vineyard is, is centered right here, you know, in the Medela area for a reason. I don't have all the answers for you. I can't get, like I said before, I can't give you the 25 step of attack of what we're going to do, but I know this that we are going to belong to Christ that we are going to be connected to him, we're going to submit to him, and we're going to see fruit because of that. We're going to belong to each other. We're going to belong to Lakeland Vineyard. All right? We are, we are going to see God move as we begin to belong to one another. And we're going to move forward. And we're going to come to a point where we say, I am here to serve this community. I'm here to serve. I want to go out and I want to do something. Here's what I just, can I encourage you with this? And this isn't a guilt trip, guys. I understand busy schedules. I get it. Andy, you're asking us to be in small group. And now you want us to come pray once a month? I haven't even talked to Clayton about this. I'm going to make an executive decision right now, Clayton. Don't punch me. I'm going to move back. I want to move back the prayer time on Wednesday. Okay, it's the second, third Wednesday. I don't even know what happens. Third Wednesday, just kidding, of every month. I want to move that time back to 7 o'clock. All right, because I know some of you that have jobs that are 9 to 5, it's tough for you to get here at 6. I understand that. I want to move it back to 7 o'clock. Now, what is that? The third Wednesday, well, what do we do? Well, we come and we pray for the community. Well, I mean, like, when do we go out and like uh, pray for people and stuff? We come and we pray for the community. And when the time changes, we're going to then go into the neighborhoods. Because here's what I want to do. I don't want to get run over. It's a very practical thing. All right? I don't want our kids to get run over. It's dark out. All right? And so I encourage you in that. I encourage you to come. The third Wednesday of every month, the youth group and the people that come to pray, we're going to do it at 7 o'clock. I encourage you to be a part of that. Well, it's just prayer. What? It's just prayer? Horrible attitude. I've had it before, okay? I've had it before. We're just going to show up and pray. That's all we're going to do? Absolutely. And I believe... Uh, you know, old Tom Petty, you can back me up to the gates of hell, but I won't back down. And so I encourage you this morning, and this last quote I'm going to give you, and then we're, we're going to do some ministry. The local church is the only institution that exists primarily for those who aren't yet members. The local church is the only institution that exists primarily for those who aren't yet members.